DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The college football season is in the books. LSU, 15-0. That offense was everything he thought it was be, and there it is. Another 42 points, 600 yards, and they bury Clemson. Oh, for sure, yeah. They've taken on yeah. all comers now. Offense was awesome. Defense, uh, you know, we ended up watching Clemson a fair amount of times. I thought it was the worst I've ever seen Trevor Lawrence play. And he got hit a lot. Yeah. And those two things are generally linked. Yeah. LSU had it going on this year. You cannot deny it. Best team in the land. For the Utes, 16 in the final poll. Figured they had to go to 15, and they went to 16. Could have gone another spot or two. They basically put them there near the, along with Michigan. They're the bottom of the best Power 5 teams before they went to a long run of the best group of five teams. Yeah, I think it was a pretty good season for Utah. I don't think it was a season of what if. Because I think if you get rolled, it's not what if. It's not what if when there's three games there to say this really is your ceiling. You, you could play the what if game against SC, but you can't play the what if game against Oregon and Texas. You can if you're just a totally blind, red goggle, dicey nothing else and will not tolerate Utes, another thought process. You ended up two and two yeah. against teams that went eight and five. And the only team that they played that was better than eight and five was Oregon. And Oregon won convincingly, yeah. dominantly. So I don't think it was a season of what if. I think it was a season that was pretty good. Uh, they didn't accomplish their goals. And a lot of it was built on soft competition, but they battered the soft competition. It's not their fault the competition was soft. They can only play the games that the league tells them to play. But it wasn't missed opportunity. I actually think they probably got as much out of the team as they could have, with the possible exception of Texas. Showed poorly. Yeah, you know, they had some injuries there in the secondary and that was exploited a little bit. But even at that, the offense, uh, it wasn't about injuries. And the offensive line got battered in that game. So they got manhandled up front on both sides. So I, I think they played to their talent level, actually. I, I don't think they were any worse or any better than what they were. I know that's not a popular thing because the Ute fans like to think, well, we had an opportunity. We just squandered it. We, we played our worst game at the worst time. Okay, it was two in a row. So I would have given you one, but I can't give you two. Four teams at eight and five, and you went two and two. It seems like that's a pretty good sample size. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well Cal ended up getting eight and five, and you played them when they didn't have their starting well quarterback. Well worth repeating. Yeah. So. Yeah, those things even out, you know, because you lost Moss against SC, and then you got the advantage of playing Cal without uh, their quarterback. Garbers is his name, right? So those things, those things kind of flush out to a degree. All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in Tim Brando from Fox Sports, play-by-play broadcaster. See him on a lot of big games across the uh, Fox family of networks. He joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Tim, good morning. David, uh, good morning. Patrick, good to be with both of you. I'm uh... I've got a little time here before I catch my flight to Indianapolis. We've got a great one on uh, uh, Wednesday night uh, with uh, Butler and Seton Hall, number five versus number 18. So headed out there this afternoon. 
It is college basketball season now that it's all over for college football. And for uh, LSU, 15-0, they beat so many ranked teams. They beat so many top 10 teams. They beat all of the preseason top four. It was an overwhelmingly fabulous season for them. You want to put them up there with any of the all-time teams? You just find that to be impossible. Well, I think that um, we live in an era when that question has kind of come up and you got to be prepared to respond to it. I do think that their accomplishment in the modern era of college football is, uh, and when I say modern era, okay, I think you begin with the godforsaken BCS period and move forward, 1998 forward. Um, and and this is without question statistically, based on all the numbers that you just mentioned, beating the preseason AP top four, never done. Uh, you know, a lot of teams have won national titles, but, uh, you know, generally don't get to play, you know, the AP top four teams. But uh, to some extent, because of the, the playoff and uh, additional games now, uh, the chances of, um, of, of playing at least two or three of the top four are there. And in this case, because the SEC was a dominant league uh, all season long, um, they, they do have the right to be able to say, hey, we did something, even that Miami team in 2001, uh, did not do, and that team was, I think, as loaded a team as as you'll ever recall. Uh, Eleven first round draft picks were on that team uh, back in '01, and uh, they were they were dynamite. When you go you talk about the pantheon, though, the entire landscape of college football, and you bring in uh, every generation, you know, we got a different conversation really to have. Uh, I don't think that there's any any doubt that Joe Burrow had the best ever. Uh, season in the history of the quarterback position in college football. And for him to be a member of the transfer portal and to have gone from 16 touchdown passes to 60 is a a bit of a jolt that I don't think anyone has ever even contemplated happening uh, in a college football season. So, um, and and by the way, uh, I, I will give you a hint. He's not done picking up. <clears throat> he's not done picking up hardware. He's got more hardware to come. Stay tuned uh, for that. All of the uh, all of the college football awards for this year are not are not in, and uh, I'm going to be able to see him and uh, and uh, talk to him about uh, his final one coming up um, uh, this week. So, you know, I'm I'm excited about. Um, about the prospects of that. I'm, I'm going to go into Baton Rouge and, and see Joe uh, on Wednesday after my game tomorrow night uh, on on FS1. So uh, it's just remarkable what he's done. And, and Orgeron is, uh, you couldn't script a story uh, in college football uh, any better than this. Uh, I don't know that uh, Spielberg could uh, grab the character uh, that would be the proper one to play at Orgeron, <laughs> you know, and do what he's done as a homespun um, in-state guy that grew up where he did in uh, South Lafourche Parish. And uh, the, the, the school was too big for him to be a recruit, uh, so he left after two weeks on campus and went back to La Rose, and his dad made him dig ditches and get back on the shrimp boat until Bobby Abear called him and asked him to come to a smaller school, which is only about an hour from where uh, I live in Shreveport in Natchitoches, Louisiana, to play at Northwestern State. So it was he was too he was uh, too small town a guy to even think he could go to school at LSU. Now he's the face of LSU, and he's a national championship coach that even most of the LSU fans didn't want three years ago. 
they would have far preferred Tom Herman or Jimbo Fisher. And now look, so pretty incredible story when you put it in that um, you know in that light. You know, from a national perspective, Tim, is it a bad look that the Pac-12 loses Leach to the SEC? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's another. You know, I think that's a big blanket. I think that's too broad a brush uh, to paint with to some extent. Uh, it's, it certainly doesn't help uh, the Pac-12's image. Um, but but Pullman. Uh, you can make a case that Starkville is a bigger Pullman and that Starkville is a richer Pullman. Um, and, and just as Pullman was to um, the Pac-12, what Texas Tech was to the Big 12. So this is a, to my way of thinking, a, a rather predictable uh, move from Leach's point of view. Honestly, as a, a guy that covered the SEC for the lion's share of his four decades in this business, I never thought an SEC school would pull the trigger uh, for for Mike. I just didn't. I thought that he was um, uh, he would he would not necessarily be a um, an intellectual fit, b uh, the proper political fit, uh, and c uh, maybe just a bit too uh, on on the edge in terms of his offensive. Uh, his offensive philosophy for for an SEC school or athletic director to feel comfortable with in the fan uh, with the fan base that they have, but I don't think there's any question. Looking at his response from the, the response that fans at Mississippi State gave him, that uh, the decision John Cohen, the athletic director, made, and, and John has been around for quite some time, great baseball coach uh, for a long period of time. Uh, just as Tanner was at South Carolina, he knew he had to make a big time hire because the last one he made didn't work out. You know, the he needed someone that was going to stir the pot and to be the perfect counter for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. In so many ways, I think uh, Mike has um, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin to thank for Mississippi State being bold enough to go out and say, "Okay, Mike, bring your act here. We're ready for it." Um, so no, I'm not going to say that this is a big, big loss for Washington State. Uh, I think it's um, uh, an obvious uh, great hire for, for Mississippi State. But for, for Washington State, I, I think that um, they probably knew this day was coming. Uh, it may surprise them that it came from uh, the SEC, but I think they probably knew this day was coming. Tim Brando joining us, Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster. You know, from the Pac-12's per- perspective, Clay Elton stays at USC. A lot of people don't think that he can have a nationally significant season, even if he has a good one. Uh, Chris Peterson steps away at Washington. Oregon and Utah lose quarterbacks. Is there any reason to think that uh, there'll be a, a big, bad, awesome team at the top of the Pac-12 or another year with a two-loss champion awaits? Well, look, Oregon is legit. And, and, and I'm still not sure that, uh, that, uh, even though that it didn't end the way anyone in Utah wanted it to end, uh, and it certainly surprised me the manner in which it ended for, for Utah. Uh, and again, Oregon had a lot to do with that. I mean, they, they, they outplayed them in every sense of the word in the, in the Pac-12 title game. But I still think the foundation and the program in general, uh, in Salt Lake is, is, is in great shape. Uh, I think plummeting all the way to the Alamo Bowl 
uh, as great a record as Kyle has in bowl games, that was a tough sell for he and his staff to get his team properly prepared to play. Um, you know, everybody else that lost their conference championship game had a, uh, a much nicer consolation prize than did Utah. And I think that showed up in the way they didn't show up uh, in San Antonio and and allowed uh, a Texas team that, in my opinion, was vulnerable to, to dominate them. Uh, so I, I think that um, I think Utah can still be a factor, and I, and I certainly think that um, even when so much is made of the recruiting situation uh, at USC, and, and I get to that, that to a certain extent because so much of what moves the needle uh, with college football fans and alumni is, is recruiting-based. Uh, but, I mean, Clay did have some impressive wins, including the one against Utah earlier in the year. Uh, I think I think the story at UCLA uh, with USC next year will be somewhat compelling because in a lot of ways, even though you really didn't see it in the Utah game, UCLA is improving. Uh, Chip is now slowly kind of under the radar getting some of his guys in there. And, and, and they may be a little bit of a factor uh, next year. So, look, the Pac-12 has a long way to go, but most of its issues are not related to the teams as much as they are related to the business. Uh, they are, when you start losing uh, coaches uh, because of the, you know, the, the facilities factor and because of the financial factor, and I guess to your point about Mike Leach, should that be a concern, listen, uh, it doesn't matter what school we're talking about, uh, in the SEC, you're going to make uh, north of $4 million, okay? Coach Orgeron, by the way, is one of the lower-paid coaches. I think he's 3.5 mil for him. He'll certainly get a big bump. But he's also paying his coordinators, you know, respectively $2 million each, $2 million shared by the offense and over $2 million to Dave Aranda. Uh, the Pac-12 has got to find a way to fix its financial issues and that falls flatly right at the doorstep of uh, of its commissioner, no doubt about it. One of the things we heard from uh, Cristobal and some others in the conference is there wasn't enough weight put on winning your conference when it comes to playoff consideration. Uh, a, do you agree with that? And B, can there be anything done about that? Well, the governance in college football is still, I mean, it's in total disarray. Uh yeah, look when when these games were played. Um, the, the, I think most of the country and the, look, the ratings are going to come out and through the six or seven different platforms that ESPN trotted out there. And I thought they did a wonderful job blanketing uh, their coverage last night and through the week. Uh, the, the games are still played after NFL playoff games, which dominated the news. And uh, you know, it's just there's, there's, they got to completely overhaul and restructure the format and not allow the calendar to dictate to them uh, through NFL playoff games where they need to put, put their college football games. The fact that that game is on a Monday night this deep into January uh, after another 16-day layoff between semifinal games is just absurd. So college football's got a lot of issues, despite the success of last night's game with two undefeated teams. And as I said, the ratings will come out and they'll be fine. But the narrative for college football has diminished. Um, there's very little talk about college football nationally through the course of the week by comparison to what we had when we were moving away from the BCS and going to the playoffs. 
the lack of inclusion, the lack of stability, and known factors. Uh, Mario Cristobal's point is, is well, well made, but it's, it changes every year. The committee will use whatever uh, contrived transparency they want to justify whatever decision they make. And, um, and, and this year, uh, the winning your conference championship didn't mean as much. Uh, it just didn't. Uh, but but we need to have those aspects, that subjectivity removed for, you know, some some real, here's what you must do to qualify. Uh, and until we expand to eight teams, we're not going to get that. Well, people say, well, but I mean, we had three teams that were undefeated. Do we really get four? It's that, that's not the point. That's not the point. It's how we get to the best two teams. We had the best two teams playing last night. I don't think there's any question about that. Ohio State can bet to differ, but they lost, and they had a 16 to nothing lead and lost uh, to Clemson. So, you know, I've got no qualm with who we had playing. I do have issues with how we got there. And um, we need more uh, definites as part of the criteria, not all of these different uh, aspects within these nebulous thoughts that are put on paper that the committee can use whenever they want to justify whatever decision they make when it's all so very subjective. That's, that's got to be taken care of. College football uh, is the most mismanaged sport uh, of all sports in our country today. It is still a five-conference cartel. Uh, it will conveniently take up care of its, its brand names, and uh, it has allowed the media, the mainstream media, to just dismiss it and say we only have to worry about four or five teams every year. Uh, as good as LSU and Clemson are, again, two teams from the same part of the country, the Sun Belt region of our country. And there is a complete disconnect for the West Coast and the East Coast when we have this. And uh, I, I've got no problem with the championship coming down to the same two teams. I just want those teams that from, from other parts of the country, be it the Pac-12 or the, the Big Ten or – uh, anywhere in the, uh, along the eastern seaboard. I want them all to have an opportunity. Uh, and, and we need to move in that direction. I think we will. But, um, you know, we're going to need, uh, you know, someone that's really strong, that's, that's in a position of power. Someone like a Jim Delaney, maybe, now that he's no longer Big Ten commissioner, uh, to step in and have a voice and say, fellas, listen, <laughs> uh, reasonable minds can agree that we've got to do something to improve the narrative for our sport because we are losing ground uh, in terms of its daily importance to the fabric of sports in our country. Tim, as always, we appreciate having you and all your opinions on. Thanks for coming on and enjoy the big college basketball game. You bet, fellas. All the best to you. Talk to you later. Tim Brando joining us, Fox Sports play-by-play guy. Not a big fan of the way college football is trending right now. Yeah, I, I think there's there needs to be some tweaks for sure. I don't know that we'll get there. We'll have a perfect system unless there's some form of uh, extended playoff. And until then, we'll just hash it back and forth and debate it up and down, inside and out, and all these things. And and yeah, it, it is for as big as it is, and it's huge. It's probably the most unequitable of all the things that we have that are huge and we pay so much attention to. 16 days off since the semifinals. What were they doing? Why didn't last Monday work? What would have been last Monday? It would have been nine days off. 
Uh, so what it would have been with the 13 minus 7. So it would have been, yeah, okay. Maybe a little more momentum. You know, we still would have been paying attention. We would have been kind of in the flow of it. You know, football's kind of an every week sport. Yeah, but see, I think they can get away with it, so they do it. If they needed to do it, then they would do it, but they don't need to do it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Ken Garf. Ken Garf, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf, West Valley. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Visit them today. Big Show, Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I've been hesitant to give Jordan Clarkson all of the credit for the bench's resurgence, but Jordan Clarkson was awesome in the second half. He's certainly very important to what the Jazz are doing. He was kind of filling the role of Donovan Mitchell. He and Moutier. Moutier was great. 14, 5, and 5, and I know this is a number that you watch, Gordon. Zero turnovers. Yeah, and that's the exact opposite of what you saw early in the season. He's playing really, really well. He's got his ears open. He's doing exactly what he wanted to accomplish by coming here, and you know what? He is going to make a lot of money because of the way this has happened. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. My focus has been one game at a time, one day at a time. And our guys did a tremendous job. Uh, now I think that, you know, uh, this team is going to be mentioned as one of the greatest teams in college football history, 15-0. and 0. One of the greatest teams in LSU history, so led by some of the greatest players. Uh, give them all the credit. But, you know, that's for you guys to decide. We're national champs. Well, we're 15-0. and 0. Whether we mention it as one of the greatest teams or not, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, I think that we're going to get to work. We'll go to class on Wednesday. We'll start working on next year. Ed Orgeron, the classic voice. Yeah. And the classic 15-0 season. An offense that was on its heels, did not score the first three possessions, and then rattled off 600 yards and 42 points and completely dominated. They were down 17-7, and they turned around and outscored Clemson 35-8 to finish the game. Took complete control of it and end up with a perfect season. Storybook. Yeah, I think it has to go down as one of the best teams of all time. I don't know about LSU history, but I would think that would be number one. I can't imagine they'd have much better. Uh, I don't know that uh, back in the day where you're playing 10 games and now you're playing 15 when you add them all in with the conference title games and the playoff games. And it's a great story because we love underdog stories. We just we thrive on underdog stories. And so you got Orgeron, who was the interim coach not once but twice at SC. Right? Because I think it was Sarkeesian and Kiffin. And he was a permanent coach how many times? At SC, zero. Zero. Yeah, and he had a little bit of a run Six when they two. decided to bring in uh, Sarkeesian, right? Or no, a Kiffin? Who was it? He came in with Kiffin. And and so then when the Kiffin left, or no, it was, it was, it, no, it was Sarkeesian. When, Sarkeesian got canned. And then at, they went on a little bit of a run. Yes. The second was, time he was interim coach. Correct. And who was it? Hayden didn't think he was good enough. Uh, Hayden didn't want So he goes there and obviously he does what he does and blows up at LSU. And then you got Burrow, who was wanted to go to Nebraska. They weren't interested. Goes to Ohio State. They don't play him. Goes down to LSU and just blows up, and obviously. Ne- and Nebraska passed on him twice because he actually yeah, is the transfer, transferring there, too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like BYU blew off Bronco Mendenhall twice. Exactly. Well, he got them back. When he went and coached there. <laughs> to the top. <laughs> How about that? If they you blow off BYU twice, you can go coach there. Bronco Chris Burgess. Boom. <laughs> 
shoot any documentaries lately, PK? I did. Watch uh, BYU TV, I'm, tell, I'm told, a week from tonight on the Coaches Show. They came to my house and interviewed me on the Chris Burgess story. They said they interviewed a couple of people, but they couldn't get quite exactly what happened. Well, that's because so, they weren't in the gym. There's one person that was so, there. So, How many people from the Salt Lake media flew down? One. They went to Dick Harmon, and Dick Harmon said, what are you talking to me for? You should be talking to this guy. And so apparently they gave him my number, and they came out to my home, and we did a, we did an interview, and we'll see how it how it plays out. It was not by, by BYU employees. They're con- contracted out. But, yeah. you guys, As is often the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. dumped some stuff, and it was very professional. I mean, they had very They impressive. had lights. Oh, yeah. Microphones. Yeah. They scouted the house. To yeah. see where would be the best spot. Well, by the fireplace with you and a cardigan, of course, talking to well, America. Well, leather chair. See, the problem is we got mirrors, so I had to take them down. Oh, boy. <laughs> that doesn't even... That was unfortunate. Yeah. And meanwhile, I was thinking, oh, yeah, good one. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. So we like that LSU story. And it's, it's not Clemson. I have nothing against Clemson, but... Get, get some kind of new meat in there, even if it's the SEC again. It really, there's like five levels in college football between the haves and the have-nots. Because plenty of the haves are actually have-nots. Texas is a have-not. Notre Dame is a have-not. Well, they have the ability to be haves. But to do Pac-12 schools... How many legitimately have a chance to be a have? You're part of a hab because you, you're compared to BYU, Utah's a have. Three. But compared to LSU and these other teams and Alabama and Clemson, are you really a have? Is the Big Ten a have or is Ohio State and everyone well, else well, is just right now, tagging along? With the, with R- the, but right now, but for more than right now, for a decade? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Michigan. I'm not arguing with right. you. Right. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Absolutely. I think you get occasionally, you, you, we had it for a little flirtation with Minnesota and, and Penn State. Wisconsin has had a moment. Michigan State has had a moment. But that's really all they Michigan have. Michigan State did make a playoff. Yeah. Right. So they had a moment. But yeah, you just take the big, you, know, I mean, you can take every conference, really. And then the Big Ten is a great example. There's really only one half in the ACC. And I think in the Big Ten. And in the Big Ten. Yeah. Well, and in the Big 12. Oklahoma's owning that league, and nobody else is getting in. Right now, we'll see what happens if Texas can build a little bit. But because I mean, they're getting their quarterback back, according to uh, Herman down there. Ellinger announced it himself, too. Oh, he did say yeah, it? I mean, he it, yeah, basically. He put it on social media. And so he's coming back, and he looks like a pro. So maybe they can do it. On, on at least of this one-year basis. This I, don't, is, I don't know if Texas can ever recapture what they had. Six years of the BCS, and Oklahoma's been in, or of the BCS, six years since the BCS ended and went to the playoff, uh-huh. and Oklahoma's been in four times, and nobody else from the conference has made it. Powerful right there, man. Can't so, argue with that. It's Oklahoma. Yeah. There's so many levels of haves and have-nots. Ohio State was in this year, but last year the Big Ten was blanked. The year before that, the Big Ten was shut out. Uh, the year before that, Ohio State was in. There's maybe like six schools who got a chance to get in yeah. legitimately. I think what you have to hope for the rest of us, that you could be a have within your conference. 
So who are the halves within the Pac-12? USC, Oregon, Washington. I think you have to put the Utes in there right now. Stanford. A lot of championships, but currently down. Stanford's wavering a little bit, and they've had a but this so many guys entering the transfer portal. We'll have to see. Right, but for nine years to look at nine years of the league, they've got three titles. So you got to say they're in. All right. Uh, so four teams, man, two each. Stanford or Washington? Oh, five. Oregon, and if you want to put Stanford in. And, but but see, to me, Washington now, uh, I'm not really sure because you're going through a coaching change. And a coaching change isn't totally a flip of the coin, but it changes everything. It may change it for the better. But it's, it also, probably, it's yeah. probably a flip of the coin. I mean, it's 50-50. How often does one coach who has a program at a high level replaces another coach and it stays at that same high level? Ohio State did it. Trestle. To Urban yeah, but Meyer. They can, they, you can put right, Joe I, Blow from Idaho in there, and they'll probably do <laughs> it too. Well, uh, before uh, Trestle, how were they? Ohio State's always been pretty dang. I mean, they've they always been good, good, but they you know had a couple of years. But yeah, they'll they'll run you if you're if you're not yeah. Urban Meyer good. So, but yeah, Ohio State, come on, they're they're on another planet. We talked a little hoops today as well. The Jazz are trying to make a 10 in a row against Brooklyn. Will Brooklyn provide? Now, they're under 500, 18 and 20. But Kyrie Irving's played like a dozen games this year. He missed two months. He's been back for one game. This will be his second game back. I'm going Bo Derrick, man. They've got a winning record at home. I'm going Bo Derrick. 10. A perfect 10. You didn't. You're in your uh, Seattle Sonics hoodie today. You're not in the Jazz purple. You didn't. Didn't want to use any of the good luck out of that to hit double digits. No, I didn't. Not important enough to you. Arbitrary number. Uh, ten in a row is nice. I'm looking for them to win out between now and the All-Star break. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just simply Again. not going to happen. <laughs> I have lofty expectations. Yeah, that's beyond lofty, dude. <laughs> to go back yesterday. What, is, I said the, what is the word for those expectations? Unrealistic expectations. You take them one at a time. Overhyped you give, expectations. You give me any, I don't know, I haven't looked at the schedule, how many games they got before the break, but you give me any game that's a guaranteed loss between now and then. Can't give me one. They don't have a guaranteed loss, but. Right. So then they Denver, can win. Dallas, and Houston got to play oh, all bring them home on, home. bring them on, bring them on. If they go 6-0 in those three, this town will be on fire. <laughs> Denver, Dallas, <laughs> and Houston. fire if they sweep those six. They also have Indiana and Miami before the break. Bring them on. Bring them on. We owe Miami. <laughs> oh, Indiana, too. <laughs> Indiana, yeah. We should be just because Hayward's from Indiana, and that just turns my stomach right there. And the fact Indiana took it to them in Indianapolis earlier this year. I know Houston for that playoff series last year. Man, it's just a grudge match tour. Oh, yeah. He's hardened for traveling every time he gets the ball. Westbrook. We, we always beat Westbrook. We don't lose to Westbrook, do we? Occasionally, yes. Not when it matter. That's true. All right, DJ PK brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Hey, PK, how would you rank a late November win over the Oregon Ducks? Asking for a friend. I'll hang up and listen. 
All right, it's time for your feedback. That's brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. I'd rank it as the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> ever? <laughs> ever? <laughs> Even better than that Rose Bowl, huh? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Fandom-wise, the Rose Bowl, yeah, would absolutely be number one. Uh, this one was uh, this one was right up there with the most shocking. Anytime you can beat the Knights, it's a good thing. Feedback coming in. The Dodgers. Were they robbed? Were they cheated by the Astros and the Red Sox sure, in those two but World I mean, they series. weren't the only team. Other teams cheated along the way. No, the no, 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 no. I yeah. mean, they were. Other teams got cheated. Yes, right. Whoever they beat in the, uh, the I thought you said other teams cheated. I don't know that. Maybe they did. Maybe oh. they didn't. But I, I, the Astros and Red Sox clearly used that video to their advantage in the ALCS. Whoever they beat those years and the division today, series. Today, I'd schedule real quick. Maybe tomorrow, City Hall. I'll have the parade. <laughs> Larry the Laker. The Dodgers continue to be painfully cheap because profits are clearly their number one priority, but certainly in 2017, the Astros seem to have pulled a fast one. The splits during that series, home and away, would point to some real disparity. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a fact. Yeah. You've got to call into question their titles. They've got to find a way to go out and get a legitimate one. So I think that's what helps the Patriots is that you have more than one, so you can point to them. And the Spurs, you know, they got one in the strike-shortened season or lockout, whatever it was. Well, then they got others in the 82-er. So they're okay. And now the Astros are in that situation. The Astros got a lot of good players. That's the thing about it is I wonder if they even needed it. Uh, those were pretty long series. I think they probably did. I mean, they got a lot of good players. I, I, I don't know. They would have been a good team anyway. I'm not saying they wouldn't have been yeah. a good team, but I don't think they would have been the, the champion. I don't know that. I mean, I can't argue that. Uh, with the final college football poll coming out, where should Utah be ranked? Uh, Stewart says, according to Utah media members, they shouldn't. I'm waiting now for the annual BYU is going to be great crap from all Utah media. It's sickening, but happens every year without fail. I, I can't believe there's people out there who still think that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We get this stuff nonstop. I guess since non- we've been doing it almost 18 years. Nonstop. That- now, they didn't, he didn't, they didn't say DJ and PK, Utah media members. So... Many people. And BYU is going to be great. I don't know anyone in the media. I think 90% of us don't give a crap if it There's boils down that, to it. Or we I, actually root for both. And I, I actually think that ninety, per, at least 90% of the media picked Utah to beat BYU this year. In the opener, literally. Well, literally. I, would, I would go higher, but yeah. Yeah. But, hey, you got to have a chip on your shoulder. Okay. Good for you. Keith says Tim Brando is absolute money with his college football takes. Love how he cuts through nonsense. Hyperbowl and sham to teach the truth that college football currently at its core is simply a 10-team league that more closely resembles gymnastics and collectively makes decisions like it's still 1950. Well, it's funny because he makes a lot of money off of college football, but yet he's a harsh critic in a sense. But I don't have any problem with that because I don't think he's coming from a position of being mean to be mean. I think he's coming from a position to try to improve it. And so you have to have some criticism to improve it. You have to have some self-analysis and some critical analysis to make things better. Four teams have taken 17 of the 24 playoff berths. That can't be great in the long run. Well, you have to figure out why is that what is going on 
Money, coaching, small sample size, six years isn't a lot. Is it simply money? Is it cheating? What is going on? All things for another show. Tony and Austin are coming up next. We will see you tomorrow.